It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Okay, welcome in. Uh, great to have you with us here on this hump day, all downhill from here in a big way, isn't it? Uh, as we uh, welcome you in on the Patrick Johnson Show on uh, this uh, midweek edition, seventh uh, day of June 2023. And it's the day that state lawmakers have given their final approval to legalizing sports gambling on mobile devices. Yeah. Also legalized at select in-person sports venues across North Carolina. It's paving the way for betting to begin next year. Uh, the governor, Roy Cooper, must still sign the bill into law, but he has expressed support for sports wagering throughout the lengthy legislative process. Uh, so we'll get into that in some more detail here in a little bit. In fact, we've got some audio of the Gov speaking about this uh, today. He does interviews with friendly outlets, uh, so not this one, I guess. I was about to say, not you, but, then, right? Right. Well, no, I, I, I'd be happy to talk to him about this. No, you would grill him. You know you would. Well, I've interviewed him before. I've interviewed uh, other governors, obviously. I've interviewed presidential uh, well, not candidates, but presidential uh, people that ended up being cabinet members. Anybody of any power, uh, you, Tom Tillis. I mean, I've, you, I'm oh, hey, there, but I mean, I, I ask him very direct questions because I, I'm only concerned, Cookie, about the folks. I'm not concerned about the politics. I, no, I am. When it comes to that stuff, I'm concerned about the peeps. I believe now, you. No, yeah, I believe you. Make no mistake, I'm only concerned about myself. But when it comes to that role of having to interview, you know, people uh, that are lawmakers or in power, I'm interested that's when in the you're, folks. That's when you're looking out for the folks, yeah. I'm looking out for the folks, exactly, Cookie. Folks like you is who I'm looking out for. But um, now when I interview Coach Godwin today, I'm, I am I want to get some answers on, uh, you know, what uh, where where uh, things are going in the off season. His thoughts on the season. Uh, Cliff Godwin coming up in just a little bit, so we're excited about uh, that. Uh, Chris Cook is uh, in the hizzle today, Woo! producing the program, uh, and uh, Phil the Ref Pilkington. Oh, brother, also... this guy stinks! I don't know how we got uh, that cut to be linked to the ref. I don't no, know if it's I'm totally just, fair I'm to the ref. I'm just messing with him. I'm just messing with him. I understand, but I just don't know if it's fair to the ref. That's all. Well, no, he's a great guy. I'm out. The rest are great guys. And then uh, we've got you guys are about to really be intimate with uh, each other, as you'll be spending a couple of weeks as bunk mates. Oh yeah, at the beach on the road with the man at the beach on on doing a production. Um, do we have do we have uh, Cookie? Uh, is is Clark there today too? By the way, we have yep. Clark in uh-huh. the hizzle as well. Okay, so we got a full house. You sure is full house today. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's get to this uh, gambling uh, talk here. So uh, the House giving its second concurrence to changes made by the Senate to their 
House Bill 347, which allows betting from mobile devices on pro, college, electronic, and Olympic sports, as well as horse racing. I don't know how I feel about that. The bill allows in-person sports betting at eight facilities across the state, and it allows 12 mobile operators to secure five-year renewable licenses at a cost of a million dollars. The operators will pay 18% tax on gross gaming revenue. This is also the same uh, bill that will get East Carolina Athletics 300000 annually. So uh, that is a win for the uh, Pirates. They did have floor debate today, and so the people who were against this came out and really, really spoke out uh, about it. Uh, again, that's 300000 to the athletic department for ECU is among those institutions that will uh, receive that. And, again, it could start, uh, it could start next year. All right, uh, so... Governor Cooper, our guy, uh, Roy Cooper, was uh, on the OG podcast. Joe Ovius and my guy, Joe Giglio, uh, now have a podcast, and uh, they interviewed the governor of this state on that today. Uh, let's do cut two here, guys. And uh, now, this was a longer answer because this was recorded or the podcast aired or, or however. podcast was posted when this was originally uh, yet to be voted on. It has since been voted on, so then the governor gets in to hear, you know, what his role in all of this uh, will be. Cut to. The mm -hmm. sports wagering bill is about to come to me. Uh, I think they're taking the last vote today or tomorrow. And so I know what's in there, and we've, okay. we've been studying and we've been going back and forth. Uh, and so that would allow on at the PNC Center, a place to, to wager. It would allow mobile sports betting. And uh, he was asked when gambling or if gambling would be a thing. They asked, uh, did the guys on this podcast, the host of the podcast, asked under the backdrop or against the backdrop of uh, next NHL season because the governor, huge sports fan as you know, Huge sports fan that he is, goes to the PNC Arena but calls it the PNC Center. Huge sports fan, though. Uh, the governor uh, says that... I love sports. Yes. He says that... Uh, so he's looking asked, at a huge sports sport? fan right here. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. He's asked if this will be a thing next in a, by uh, next NHL season. It will earliest could start as January... Latest it could start would be a year from now, uh, I guess, when he signs it in the law, so mid-June, uh, whenever he he does sign that. Uh, so sometime within the next year, this thing will get fired up. Uh, is there any sort of idea or timetable on that? Uh, a lengthy cut here, but a lot of good deets in it. Here's Governor Roy Cooper on the OG podcast. I think it will be. I, I think it's going to be a push to get it effective. By, by January, and I think there's a lot to be uh, to be done. They put a lot of responsibility on the North Carolina Lottery Commission to do something that it hasn't done before, and now we've thrown in horse racing here toward the end. Uh, so there's a lot to, to put together to implement and to regulate. Uh, but, you know, I think this is something that, has been going on. Uh, the North Carolina taxpayers should get the benefit of this, 
and this new this new law allows this to happen within the bounds of the law. I'm glad that they upped the percentage that the state gets and mm-hmm. took away all of the promotional credits that that they would get. So I think it's it's pretty good legislation now. And uh, once once we're ready to to get implemented, uh, we should we should get it going in in this state. And it'll create a lot of jobs and it'll it'll help our economy. No question. Okay, uh, the guys asked a question to Governor Cooper about college athletes seeing money from the revenue generated from betting. Uh, let's play that for you. Well, I think you have to look at it holistically. Let's you know, football is the big money maker we know, and it's the the point of contention now with the conference realignment and money uh, is causing a lot of schools to to self-examine and to try to figure out where they fall into this. I think it was really important for uh, athlete, college athletes to be able to uh, make money off of their name, image, and likeness. I think that that is only right, particularly the amounts of money that are involved in college sports and the fact that they can cut their own deals and to benefit from that I think is a great thing. All right, so the long and short of it is, uh, if you read between all the lines there, that go- the governor is going to uh, sign this bill. Uh, he is not, for whatever reason, coming straight out saying it, although he has alluded in the past that he would. And so uh, sports gambling uh, sometime in the next uh, year will be up and running uh, in North Carolina. You can go to the PNC Arena or uh, any of these other designated, I think, Charlotte Motor Speedway, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, the golf Sedgefield, I believe, was one of the uh, places in there. It's going to be eight of them that where they will have a sports book, in a sense, in the venue, in the athletic venue. And uh, even if you wanted to go uh, on a random Wednesday uh, a year and four days from now, just to be on the safe side, uh, or a year and 20 days from now, and uh, you could go place a, a bet on a baseball game. That could be uh, that could be done. So. Uh, that is uh, that is what uh, you know, I think a key thing in there. And again, I think this is a precursor for uh, there being possible uh, casinos. I, I, I'm in a way glad the casino conversation didn't muddle this down this year. But with the establishment of sports books, I think the next logical turn or the uh, next logical step in this is the turn towards the entertainment districts designated where they are, and that's where you'll find casinos, and uh, there'll be people starting to uh, to really push for that. A uh, little bit of a separate issue, but uh, I think the key component here is the sports books being allowed, and that will maybe make uh, that a little more uh, tolerable, but a, a future legislative session, although there is some discussion, I guess it could still possibly get done before the end of this session, but it doesn't appear as likely at this point. I'm just glad it didn't bog down uh, the uh, legalization of uh, mobile sports betting in the state. All right, uh, we've got our concert on the common tomorrow. Mark Miller will be doing a check-in uh, for you. Also on the show tomorrow, Rini Angolia, college football analyst for ESPN. Get a uh, early primer on the college football season and uh, Rini on the ballot uh, to uh, be considered as uh, one of those that will go into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. So our pal... The Rochester Rocket, Rini and Golia on the program uh, Thursday. He's an energetic uh, guy. Concert, 
I love reading. Uh, concert on the Common tomorrow, 6 o'clock, Town Common in Uptown Greenville. Landslide is the ultimate uh, Fleetwood Mac tribute band. They will be there uh, tomorrow. It is a free show to the uh, Eastern North Carolina community, food trucks, adult beverages, uh, vendors, and more. Pets are welcome. No coolers <clears throat> and no glass containers. Uh, so bring your lawn chair. Come and enjoy uh, a great evening on what is going to be a uh, pretty good weather day, it looks like, uh, as uh, you watch uh, Landslide, the ultimate uh, f- the ultimate uh, Fleetwood Mac tribute band. I know Cookie's very excited about it. All oh, right. I'm super excited. I'm excited about Cliff Godwin. He joins us next. So uh, the coach of the Pirates wrapping up the uh, 2023 season, and we'll talk with Cliff Godwin straight ahead on the Patrick Johnson Show. Cliff Godwin, ECU baseball coach, joining us uh, here. We always enjoy uh, any time we talk to Coach. Don't like talking to him necessarily at the end of the season, uh, if the season ends like it uh, did, but he's always insightful and always has uh, great things to say. So, Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, Enjoyed the ride this year, and uh, I know uh, you're in the midst of of, uh, interviews, I guess, with uh, the players and kind of the, uh, the meetings with them to wrap up the year right now, right? Yeah, Patrick, thanks for having me. And, yeah, we're just uh, doing some individual player meetings as, you know, some guys are heading off to summer baseball. Some guys are, uh, you know, heading home for a couple weeks before the incomers come in for next year's class, and they'll be back here working out with those guys. Had the team over to my house yesterday for one last uh, hoorah. Had a cookout and let them get in the pool. So uh, just trying to spend as much time with the players and the team uh, these next few days to get everything wrapped up. Gotcha. Uh, are those meetings today, tomorrow, do they kind of continue, or is everything kind of wrapped up with those player meetings? No, we have a, a few player meetings tomorrow. So we've done uh, the majority of them, but we still have a few in the morning, and uh, then we'll be done with them. But, uh, you know, we had a great year. Um, obviously, nobody has higher expectations than myself and what we're trying to do here, but – what we're trying to do here is really hard. It's never been done before. Um, there's more parity in college baseball than there's ever been. Um, it's obviously harder to win on the road. I mean, you look at the regionals this past year, and I mean, you got national seeds losing at home. You know, Vandy and Clemson and other number one seeds, Oklahoma State, and you know, the Auburn. The list goes on. So um, it's really hard to win, and we won 47 games and. I'm extremely proud of this group, even though it's not the end goal we want to be. But it's just another step, in my opinion, of continue to build on the foundation that we built here. And the guys do it the right way. We've got a 3.52 GPA in the classroom in the spring. Won another regular season conference championship four in a row. And I know there's probably some naysayers out there like Coach Gowan's crazy. They're never getting Omaha. And I would tell you that they're crazy because we're going to get there. I just don't know the exact time that we're going to get there. And as I said in my post game, uh, we're beating the out of that door. It's going to come down. And I'm not going to quit. And none of our players are going to quit. None of our coaches are going to quit. And we're going to freaking keep doing it. Coach Cliff Godwin uh, with us here uh, as we talk uh, ECU baseball. So, uh, you you also said basically you felt like you should have hosted, and I, and I don't ask you a lot of these things during the season because, um, you know I, I don't know if it's the time to, to ask you. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I mean, what, what, you know, what goes into that, coach? Because 
I mean, 45 wins through, you know, through Clearwater's a heck of a lot of wins. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the committee, and, uh, you know, they look at different metrics, and they just the thing is that the people on the committee, you know, change from year to year. They, I, I don't know if it's a three-year clock that they have, so mm-hmm. some people roll off, some people roll on. Um, it just seems like one year they look at RPI, and then the next year they don't. You know, I just would like to have a little more consistency so you know where you stand, kind of, so to speak. I mean, it, I just go back to the 19 team. Because, in my opinion, 2019, we had the best resume Uh before Selection Monday that we've ever had here. And I walked away that day going, if we're not a national seed on this, we were the fifth RPI in the country, then we'll never be a national seed at East Carolina. Like, that was my opinion because, now, it was probably I was pissed off, but at the same time, I'm like, how how could we do anything more? Like our strength of schedule, and I have to go back and look. It was like third at the time, fifth RPI, and I forget how many wins, but we won 20 games in the American that year, which was a stronger league than it was this year. We were 20 and four. We didn't win the conference tournament, but we had a really good resume, and you know we weren't a top eight national seed. Last year, you know, we go on this unbelievable run and we were the eighth national seed, which kind of surprised me, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't think that they would give it to us. Um, did I think we did enough? Yeah. But this year, it just seemed different. It seemed like the RPI uh, was harder to figure out to me. I mean, just with the different teams. I thought Campbell should have hosted right um, in front of us because it beat us three times. Right. And that's hard for me to say out loud, but I'm just being honest. Like, I thought they should have hosted um, instead of us. So, um, you know, they definitely should have hosted, in my opinion, over some of the other teams that got uh, host bids. But I'm not on the committee, so here we are. And, uh, you know, I definitely think we had a tough draw, which is part of life, going to UVA, being they were the seventh national seed. I mean, they're as good offensively as any team in the country because they're really dynamic. They can hit it out of the park still bases, they're extremely good defensively, and they're good on the mound. And I thought our guys, you know, if you're playing those games in Greenville, which we wouldn't have been playing UVA because they were a national seed, you probably beat UVA at least one of the games, and then you got the home field advantage. So, um, But it didn't work out that way, and we just got to do a little bit more where they have to allow us to host. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. With with the – Cliff Godwin is with us here, uh, and uh, love talking to Coach G. Uh, especially when we got uh, Coach in, in, in the Modi's in now, because I can tell Coach G, even to me, he wants to talk today, and that's good uh, because uh, it's, it's just good, insightful stuff. Um, with, with your schedule, I, I think you do the scheduling, you and Coach Palumbo, I think you guys schedule as well as anybody in the country to, to have that really high RPI. And the league had its its issues this year. Uh, that, we'll see if that improves. Is the schedule kind of set for next year? I mean, I, I know that in college baseball it's now a couple, you know, two, three years out now. Yeah, the schedule's set for next year. Maybe a game here or there, but, you know, the weekends are set and all that good stuff. I'm not going to tell you exactly where our schedule is because I don't know it off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, I, I thought we did everything we could do scheduling-wise. Really, it was just our conference. Our yeah. RPIs were so bad. That And that's where I say there's something off with the RPI. I don't care what South Florida's RPI is. If we go on the road 
and sweep South Florida on the road, how does your RPI drop five points? Right. Because you get more RPI points for being on the road and winning, and that doesn't make sense to me. I, if you said stay the same, okay, like because they had a bad RPI, but how do you drop? You won baseball games. Is it a formulaic um, thing, or is it is it? It's a common? formula thing. It's yeah. a formula thing, but I don't have the formula in front of me, and I've never even dove into it. But um, you know, we're going to try to figure it out, and hopefully, you know, there's been some coaches that have been critical of the RPI formula. I mean, I know Kansas State's coach came out and felt like you know they should have been in the tournament other than uh, Oklahoma, and. Um, but I, I haven't dove into the RPI formula as much as probably some of the other coaches have. Coach, when you uh, look at the conference, what does the conference have to do to get back to the level where it was a few years ago? Well, I, I think the teams that, that we're bringing in are going to, you know, I think they're going to help. You know, I, I think when we first got in the league, Houston obviously was very good, so that helped the RPI. We were good. Um, and then you would have a team, you know, pick a team and need different year, Tulane, South Florida, somebody would be good. So the league RPI was always somewhere between at the highest third to at the lowest sixth or seventh. This year, I don't even know, but it was not good. I mean, it was past 10. So I think some of the teams coming in um, will help that for sure. I think I saw a graphic maybe during the conference tournament that if the teams that were coming in next year were have been in the league, then the league RPI would have been better this year. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see how it goes. But you know how it is. I mean, especially with the transfer portal and everything else, you just don't know what a team's going to look like, even when you think you know going into the next right. year. Uh, Coach Cliff Goblin's with us. The, the, one of the things that really stands out to me this year about this team is the successes you all had, but the successes you had despite a lot of adversity. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, we don't talk about it a whole lot going through it because I don't want the kids to use it as a crutch. But, I mean, you go into the season thinking that Justin Wilcoxon and Ryan McChrystal, one's going to catch, one's going to DH, and they're going to rotate. And McChrystal has a back issue, to be honest with you, that he could have just not played this year. But Ryan, being the, the type of kid he is, he was like, no, I want to figure this out. Got a second opinion. They said, I don't think you can make it worse. And he goes, no, I'm going to figure out how I can get back on the field. And, of course, he does that. Then he breaks his finger. Um, so he had a lot of adversity handed to him. But nobody talks about it because it's just next man up mentality. And Of course, Luke Nowak played well early. And then and he got Starling missed time because of a back. J-Dub missed, you know, the entire Houston weekend, which we got the two out of three with a, a back injury. Um, Sailor missed five weeks. Your Savage missed time. I'm probably missing somebody, but it's a credit to our coaches and our players that we just don't talk about it. Where other coaches across the country and different sports go, yeah, we lost a Friday night starter for two weeks. That's why we didn't host a regional. Right. No, we just needed to do a little bit more. Uh, and then J- Jacob Jenkins Coward obviously missed a ton of time. Yeah, that's right. Missed some time with the you know his growing injury and. Um, you know, that's a really, it's a surgery and he missed two weeks and probably, you know, came back earlier than even I anticipated. And it took him, you know, a few weeks to kind of get back on his feet and feel good. And he lost a lot of weight and wasn't as strong as he was before the surgery. So yeah, a lot of things happened. What, what is his kind of prognosis now? Cause again, I, I don't even think he was a hundred percent coming back. I mean, he was good enough to go, but you know, obviously that that's a big as you said, that's surgery. That's a big injury. So 
Yeah. What, yeah. He's uh, he's a hundred percent now. He's a hundred percent healthy. Okay. Uh, we had a meeting with him this morning, so he's going to go home for a few days and regroup, and then he's headed up to the Cape Cod to play the summer. Okay. Well, let's let's who's who's going where? Can you tell us that as far as? No, nah, I don't have all of it in okay. front of me. Gotcha. I just know some of the guys that you know we met with. I mean, your Savage is going to uh, the USA stuff, the collegiate national team um, in a couple weeks. Um, so. There's two out of the team, but there some guys go. are staying back here. Some guys are playing some of the ball, depending on their workload and what they need to work on. With the new guys uh, coming or the new class coming, and when will they arrive? Uh, summer school starts June 22nd, so they'll get here the day before and move in, and uh, we'll meet with them, and um, they'll you know start classes and get the physicals and start working out in the weight room and all that good stuff. Before I ask you a little bit about you know what with an eye towards that group coming in and, and towards next year's roster and all that. And, and I don't want to harp on that, but but I, I think it's, you know, a lot of fans, you know how fans are. You know how us fans are. Well, right? fans need to take a breather and just enjoy that we won four right. seven games. I agree. And have some confidence that we are very consistent in what we do. And I know, you know, people don't have anything better to do than talk about next year's team and who's coming back. And Starling's off a roster in the summer league team, so does that mean he's signing and they panic? and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, but uh, we got really good kids in our program. They'll make really good decisions. They'll be educated on decisions that they make, and we'll have a good team next year. Um, and it doesn't, you know, the names might change, but East Carolina Pirates will be good next year. I want to get into the culture thing. That's where I was going there. Um, that that and, and kind of just what you spoke to there. That's the big part of all this, isn't it? Is that there's a foundation well, it's a huge part. There. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge part, but it's also a credit to our coaches and our players that the guys behind the scenes that you don't see for a couple years develop. They take pride in wearing the purple and gold. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, what year is Justin Wilcoxon? Is he a sophomore? No, he's a fourth year junior. He's just worked his tail off to become a really good catcher and a really good hitter. It just took him a little bit more time. Everybody was panicked about shortstop. And to Joey Barini's credit, he had to earn it, man, and, and probably didn't really earn it until about a quarter way of the season. And then he played a really good shortstop and was a really good hitter for us this year. And the guy had really just pinch hit for us for two years. But the guy worked his tail off, and he got better. So um, to my point is it's just that the guys work hard behind the scenes. We'll have pieces to go to the spots that we lose, and we'll be ready to go when – Next spring rolls around. Yeah. As far as the portal, how do you see that factoring in any of well, this? Yeah. I mean, just like the tweet I said, it's not the end-all, be-all. We'll add some pieces that we need, but, um, you know, the majority of our team is going to be our recruits, guys we developed that we bring in, and uh, we'll utilize the portal when we see that we need to, to fix an issue and make sure that it's not just talent, but it's a person that can also – fit into the culture um, of what we have here and not disrupt that. That's the biggest thing. You can't come in here and think it's all about you if you're a portal guy because it won't work out well. Cliff Godwin, uh, ECU coach on the horn with us uh, here. We're going to break, come back and have more with uh, Coach Godwin, including an update on when exactly uh, we can look at construction on uh, some of the amenities that uh, want to be added on and need to be added on at uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium. We'll talk about the seniors uh, also when we get back. 
Uh, it is the Patrick Johnson Show, and right now with your Pirate Report and Sports Update, here's Chris Cook. Starting off in some breaking news, legendary professional wrestler known as the Iron Sheik passed away earlier today. He was most famously known for being the opponent Hulk Hogan defeated for his first world championship in 1984. Legal sports gambling is one step closer. The State House approved changes to the bill that were made by the Senate last week. HB 347 had one final House procedural vote today, and the bill was passed before it moves to Governor Roy Cooper's desk for his signature. Tonight's Yankees-White Sox game scheduled for Wednesday, June 7th, is rescheduled because of poor air quality due to smoke from the Canadian wildfires and will be made up tomorrow, Thursday, June 8th, as the first game of a single-admission doubleheader, which will begin at 4.05 p.m. The PGA Tour has agreed to merge with Saudi-backed rival Live Golf in a deal that would see the competitors move forward as a larger golf enterprise. The two entities signed an agreement that would combine the PGA and Live commercial business into a new company. The agreement includes DP World Tour, also known as the PGA European Tour. Earlier today, it was announced that Josh Allen will be the cover of this year's Madden NFL video game. He is the first ever Buffalo Bills player to be featured on the cover in the game's 20-plus year history. The Charlotte 49ers are on the search for a new head men's basketball coach. Ron Sanchez has resigned from his post after five seasons leading the program. Sanchez is set to rejoin Virginia staff as associate head coach under Tony Bennett. The coach led the 49ers to a 22-14 record last season and a college basketball invitational championship. Charlotte is poised to join the American next month. The Blue Devils and the Demon Deacons are gearing up for an NCAA Baseball Championship Super Regional. Top-seeded Wake Forest is slated to host 16-seed Alabama for a best-of-three set beginning on Saturday afternoon. The Deacons cruised through the Winston-Salem Regional with three straight wins where they outscored their opponents a combined 48-7. Duke begins a three-game series against 7th seed of Virginia on Friday afternoon in Charlottesville. The Blue Devils advance to the Super Regionals with an upset of 10-seed Coastal Carolina in the Conway Regional. The Carolina Panthers are continuing their final week of organized team activities. Carolina will take the field today and wrap up OTAs tomorrow. The Panthers are gearing up towards their mandatory minicamp that begins on next Tuesday. In other news, quarterback Andy Dalton is embracing his role as Bryce Young's mentor. Dalton said that he thinks his, quote, whole goal is to kind of be an example, end quote, and another quote, show how it's supposed to be done, end quote. The 35-year-old QB signed a two-year, $11 million deal with the team in March. They'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with the head baseball coach Cliff Godwin on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. It's the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Coach Cliff Godwin is our special guest today as we recap the Pirate Baseball season. I want to talk about the three seniors uh, and uh, Lane Hoover. And, uh, boy, what a special guy he is. Uh, and you look at where he is. I mean, number four is up and down the, those all-time numbers, but it goes beyond the numbers with Hoover. Yeah, just a guy that would walk into a room with our players at the dugout or practice and um, make everybody around it better. Like, you'll never look at a stat sheet and look at Lane Hoover and say, man, that was, you know, first-team All-American stuff. But the stuff that he brought to the team was first-team All-American, his defense, his energy, uh, him making people around it better. 
Um, you know, I think it was 243 games played, which was the most in issue history. I mean, he couldn't go to a better person. <laughs> and um, I'm just so proud of him. He is what pirates, the acronym means to me. I mean, he exhibits that every single day. Um, definitely going to miss him and the other two guys as well. With uh, Carter Spivey, I mean, we've talked about you talked about it a lot last year and in the early part of this year. He talked about it before the season, and that was, uh, you know, this was a situation that looked like it was going to work out. Uh, and he committed himself. Uh, he was given opportunities, and uh, he, he stepped up. And you look at where uh, the, the numbers he put together, and again, these, these impacts go beyond numbers, but, I mean, just he was a guy in the mix every time, and there's a reason he was a guy in the mix every time. Yeah, I mean, once he battled himself two years ago and, and what he meant to our team last year and then even this past season going, you know, he was in the rotation, going to be a Friday night starter, open day, you have a rain out and you've got form soreness to closing out a game the next weekend at Carolina to going back into the rotation to really pulling himself out of the rotation and saying, hey, coach, I need to get back to that mentality that I had last year when I was coming out of the bullpen to having the ability to still start. Uh, just a extremely selfless human being in a world that says that you should be selfish. And he just was like, no, nah, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help this team win. And um, that's what I will remember about all three of these guys, Hoover, Sailor, and Spivey, but all in different ways. And, and they've all gone through adversity and, and handled it the right way. And, um, that's what I remember about this class. Yeah, and it was Sailor Coach. Um, you know, had he been a hundred percent healthy all year, uh, he because by the time he you know he worked his way back, well, he and he started to get really really sharp near the end of the year for you guys. Yeah, he did. I mean, once we kind of you know kept him in that starter role, whether it be in the middle of the week or the conference tournament, man, I thought he really took off and flourished and. I mean, what he did for us in that conference tournament game against South Florida with such a depleted bullpen, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have won the second game if, if he didn't have that kind of performance. And just an unbelievable performance and a really big spot in our season. And um, then to start against UVA, keeping them in check, which, man, that's really hard offense to keep in check. And he did an unbelievable job of that to – you know, wanting to be available the next day. Like, hey, coach, I, I only threw 55 pitches, and I'm good to go. Um, and he's a tremendous human being like all of them are, and they will be missed by me a whole lot, I can tell you that. Coach, uh, the last uh, couple of years, long runs into the postseason, uh, and then uh, your involvement with USA Baseball and uh, getting your knee straightened out and all that. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a, a pretty solid pace for you. Uh, what will you be doing this summer now that you, you don't have a USA Baseball <laughs> commitment, now that you're not hopefully having to have any more surgery, that sort of thing? Yeah, I hope I don't have to go through the fall. I had last fall. Uh, that was not easy uh, physically or mentally. And having two surgeries and having an infection is not how you draw it up by any means. But, uh, no, uh, I will be recruiting. I will be managing stuff on the home front when I'm not <laughs> recruiting and you know getting our new guys settled and, implemented to our culture and making sure they're doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, there'll be a vacation time somewhere in there. But, you know, for the most part, you're continuing to build on what you have built here and making sure that everybody is communicating at a high level um, because the new guys 
seem to have to figure that out <laughs> very early on while they're here. So a lot of work to be done, but it'll be fun, and we're excited to get it going. As far as uh, camps, uh, any availability in any of the Cliff Godwin or ECU baseball camps that folks need to know about? Yeah, we got three little league sessions going on, and I think uh, one's at the back end of June, one early July, and then one later in July, but it's cliffgodwinbaseballcamp.com. Um, the first two sessions are filling up fast, and um, if you want them, then you better go ahead and sign up quickly just because the numbers are actually – well, they're they're great, but we also have to have the area to be able to handle that many uh, little leaguers, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. We absolutely. want everybody to have a great experience. Um, and uh, so if you want those first two sessions, better sign up today because they're filling up fast. And there's the uh, continued uh, push to get the money in to uh, have the upgrades to the stadium, a new locker room, and the pavilion area. Where is that uh, right now? Um, from what I can gather, we need to get you with Ryan Robinson to get the okay. specifics. But, right. um, you know, we're a little bit over half of towards that $7 million goal of the university because of the uh, situation we're in financially as a athletic department. It's going to have us raise at least 90% of it before they'll let, uh, let us start breaking ground. So, yep, the time's now. Any dollar helps it will go directly towards the benefit of our student athletes and making their experience better and helping our, our guys you know feel like this is the best place in the country to play which i obviously feel that way but you got to keep up with the times and uh, making sure they have the amenities that they need with a new locker room new training room that kind of stuff underneath to uh, help with that hey coach thanks for the time good to talk to you and uh we'll, we'll hopefully get uh in touch with you here as we uh, get ready to go into the uh the fall semester and, uh, and and talk a little bit about uh, you know what the roster is going to shape up and, and look like at that point. But uh, I'm like you. Let's enjoy this great season and a building block season. And uh, appreciate your time. Well, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Just tell tell the fans to take a deep breath. The Pirates will be back. Uh, let's get ready for uh, the next season and uh, football season for the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, Cliff, thank you very much. Great to talk to you. We appreciate the time today and all season. Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate it. Uh, great to have Cliff Godwin uh, on the phone with us this afternoon uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, I thought very interesting to have uh, Coach Godwin, uh, and, and I mean, he's right, this RP I think probably needs to be figured out. Uh, and, and, you know, during one of the ESPN Plus telecasts, we didn't have it for baseball, but we had it for softball. So I don't know if they're similar in how they factor RPI, but there's there's kind of three weighted areas, if I recall correctly. Uh, it was one of those things we talked about in, in a pre-show rundown, but I'm not sure we uh, put it on the screen or not. But, uh, you know, what's interesting to me about that is, as I understand it, uh, you're, basically you're, you're kind of – it's not just – who you beat and who your opponents beat, and, you know, that's that's kind of an interesting thing. And, and look, I, I think the Pirates have been in a league that uh, they had such poor performance in the RPI this year and was was a bit of a down league and still have an RPI in, in around that 20-some-odd area was a big, big uh, deal. Uh, and, 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 and I think something that uh, credit to the, the job that uh, the Pirates, coaching staff does with 
we'll say manipulating, but sort of uh, playing to the RPI. Um, you know, I, I think a two seed was right again. I think that's that it really was. Uh, I think maybe a little bit uh, of a higher two seed, so maybe lower on the uh, on the overall national seed. But uh, look, at some point you got to beat people, and, uh, and and Cliff Godwin would be the first to tell you that. But it was great to have him on, and uh, we'll of course uh, we'll post uh, this. You can check it out on Facebook and Twitter on video form, uh, the IBX Media app, which is downloadable for uh, Google Play and Android and uh, other uh, outlets uh, as well. Uh, 94.3 The Game, Spotify, Apple, the whole nine, the podcast uh, of the show. You can go back and. Uh, uh, hear that if you missed any of it, or you can uh, go back and uh, relive the magic of uh, the deal there. All right, uh, Rini and Goli will be with us tomorrow, and uh, we'll get you set up for tomorrow's show and uh, have a few final uh, thoughts and numbers for you as we uh, wrap things up on the Patrick Johnson Show. had uh, an interesting uh, conversation this morning on uh, Talk of the Town. And it was about basically what just the reaction to the Live PGA uh, deal. Rory McIlroy spoke today. Uh, I also talked to Brian Mull, joined us yesterday, and I thought did a really outstanding job. We mentioned this in the first segment. I didn't really get into this. The money is the big part of this, of course. But also, uh, uh, Brian and I both acknowledge that we should have mentioned, I did say it this morning, not only is it money, but the second part is avoids litigation. The PGA Tour did not want uh, any of its financials made public, as they would be in discovery. Uh, they would be public record uh, in, in discovery of any lawsuit, the antitrust lawsuit with uh, Liv. Conversely, the Saudis didn't want anybody nosing around their financials either, and some of the uh, deals that they have in place with various golf courses with the CW network. They didn't want any of that uh, to be uh, subject to uh, public record either. So it, it is interesting that, uh, that uh, you know, that that is a really, really big part of this. The other thing that I think you still have to consider in this deal with the PGA and, and the Live Tour is, will the Department of Justice uh, bless this in a sense, or will they step in and, and say that this violates uh, monopoly sort of things, and then the Saudi government and the regime. I, I go back to this, and, and I understand the disappointment in Jay Monahan, and he seems hypocritical with everything that he, he said. Roy McIlroy, by the way, said he's resigned to the fact. It seemed like he took a bite of the apple today, but it also appeared that Roy McIlroy uh, was still kind of angry. He didn't say he had confidence in Jay Monahan which I thought was uh, was really interesting. But the thing to me that uh, I think you have to also, and I've been real consistent with this, and I said this way back when this thing was really hot last summer, and that is, you know, of all the business that this country does with the Saudis, why are we putting our, our, ourselves down uh are requiring golfers to to be the ones that need to make the moral stand here. When our government, when other businesses from our country are, are heavily involved uh, and, and linked to the Saudis. Now, there are, I think, 16 judges in Saudi Arabia now that are currently on 
trial because they gave sentences that the Saudi regime considered lenient. The people were convicted of tweeting disparaging things about the Saudi royal family. And they were given a sentence that was approximately half of what the Saudi regime felt like they should have been sentenced to. So now the judges who delivered that sentence, 16 of them, in these various cases are are now being a subject to trial. Again, that's that's a, you know that's some of the human rights things that people question. But we're we're really enthusiastic to go to China uh, and uh, have our entertainers and athletes go to China and perform. We held an Olympic Games in China, and you know I'm not trying to be what about here. <clears throat> but uh, I think, you know, there, there's obviously some terrible human rights violations in China. There's also uh, a country that is currently actively trying to, um, to, to usurp the U.S. as a, a global superpower. Is this sports washing? You know, they've already got a piece of, uh, I think, a team in MLS – uh, and uh, a Formula One racing team, you know, now they've got the professional golf uh, globally, uh, their hands in that. I'm speaking of the Saudi regime here, and uh, I don't think they're stopping here. I think you're going, look, you, you, you think Major League Baseball would take Saudi money right now with the way that the deal with Bally's has folded and, and these regional sports networks are going by the wayside? I mean, fans in San Diego can't watch the Padres. Padres have a, finally have a decent product to show and and fans there can't watch their games because the regional sports net has uh gone by the boards so you know baseball would gladly take the saudi money for sure uh more on that plenty of time to discuss it rini and golia tomorrow talking uh some college football with rini state of the game and a little bit of a primer on ecu michigan and uh, just his thoughts going into the uh, offseason here, the summer, as we head to uh, next college football season. So ESPN football analyst Rini Angolia will be on the program tomorrow. Big thanks today to Cliff Godwin. Enjoyed having him on. If you missed it, check out the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or download the IBX Media app. You can get the podcast of every Patrick Johnson show on there. Thanks to uh, Chris Cook. Thanks to Philip the Rep Pilkington and to Clark Willis. And we will be back tomorrow with uh, more on the Patrick Johnson Show at 5. Concert on the Common. Peter Banks Media's got the biggest and best free live shows in ENC. And it gets even better Thursday, June 8th.